You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. Well, good morning to everyone at home and thanks to David, Catherine and the guys on Praise and Sound and AV for helping us so far as we continue to worship from our own homes. And this morning we're going to look at Luke chapter 19 as well as a couple other verses from the Gospels too as we consider that Jesus is a friend towards us. But before we do that, I think let's ask for the Lord's help as we come to his word. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in you we can see the whole character of God, of your relationship and how you feel about us and towards us. And Father, we pray that by your Spirit this morning, you would warm our hearts to the friendship we have in Jesus, that you would open our hearts and our minds to the glory of our Savior. For not only is he our Lord and King, but he is a tender and compassionate friend alongside us. Lord Jesus, may we see you in all of your glory. Amen. Catherine made reference to it in her video there about being half term week for some of our children in school. And maybe you got a long weekend or maybe you were able to enjoy a full week off. And maybe at home, boys and girls and mums and dads, you were able to sit down and enjoy a movie together. I know some houses did that. But some homes, they really like the, you know, like the superhero kind of thing, and they would sit down and watch those. Other homes, well, they're more musical, and they really enjoy sitting down and watching a musical, recent ones or ones in years gone past. But for me, there's only one movie that I would ever sit down and watch again. I'm not really a fan of movies, and it's not, not a movie that is well known for its songs or its music, but it does have one very famous song, Toy Story. Wonder, can you think what that song would be? It is, of course, You've Got a Friend in Me. And I resist the urge of singing a few lines. And today, although Toy Story has that wonderful song with Woody and Buzz and all the gang and Andy singing that you've got a friend in me, today we want to say in God's word that Jesus is a friend towards us. In all of life's situations and circumstances, Jesus is there with us as a friend. You know, you've heard it said that people say you don't really know who your friends are until you go through trouble or through some sort of difficulty. Well, Jesus is always there as our Lord and as our friend. Jesus is a friend towards us. And well, what makes a good friend? You maybe have a list of characteristics in your mind. You might prefer or want a friend who is honest with us, who likes the same things, who is trustworthy. There are different levels of friendship too, isn't there? There are those who we can wave at in the car and and say hello in the shop. And then there's others that we open up our homes to, that we enjoy their company, we enjoy spending time with, but also that we open up our hearts to, that they know everything about us. Well, Jesus is that intimate friend. He's the one who is right in the center. So in Luke 19 and other bits of scripture, we see that Jesus is a friend towards us. But how and why? Would Jesus be a friend toward people like us? Well, firstly, Jesus draws sinners. Jesus draws sinners. You know the way there are some people who just are such great storytellers that they can gather a crowd whenever they're telling a story, or someone famous has such charisma that people just gather and flock around them. 
And while Jesus draws sinners, not because of his charisma or even of his great storytelling as it was, but Jesus draws sinners because of his heart for sinners. Jesus is a friend because he draws sinners to his heart. So in Luke 19, we're introduced to Jesus journeying through Jericho, and we're introduced to the famous Zacchaeus. And Luke doesn't hold anything back from us about Zacchaeus. He describes Zacchaeus as a tax collector and rich. Luke wants us to see Zacchaeus very much as a sinner. See, tax collectors were hated in Israel. They, were, they worked for, for the Roman government, which oppressed the Jews. And, well, they were hated. But not only were tax collectors hated, not only was Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he was chief. He was, verse 2, a chief tax collector, bound to be hated even more more crooked than all the other tax collectors possibly as well because maybe he brought in more money as he fleeced others and though there were some regulation tax collectors exploited the taxpayer and understandably both jew and gentile hated the tax man but jews hated them even more because they were seen as representatives of rome in fact in jewish the jewish world Tax collectors were alongside murderers and robbers in their view of their sin. Zacchaeus is shown to be a big sinner in that sense, but he's also rich. See, if you just flick a page in chapter 18 and verses 24 and 25, it's really significant what happens here as Jesus is in Jericho. He's just told in verse 24 and 25, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. A sinner and rich, not the kind of guy that you think is likely to be drawn towards Jesus or to be in God's kingdom, yet Jesus draws Zacchaeus. Why? Because Zacchaeus is a big sinner like you and me. And of course, the most memorable part of this story for our children is that Zacchaeus was a, a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, that he had to climb up a tree. But why does Zacchaeus climb up a tree? That's not the point of the story at all. Why does he climb up the tree in verse 3? seeking to see who Jesus was. Climbing up a tree in his expansive robe to see Jesus. Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus. He wants to see who Jesus really is now. And maybe you're in the same boat. You've heard all these things about Jesus, but you want to see who Jesus really is. And Zacchaeus gets to see that. Jesus draws sinners because he is different than anybody else. Just a few chapters back in Luke 15 and verse 1, Jesus is about to teach the parables about the lost coin, sheep, and son. And we have this remarkable record from Luke. What does Luke record for us? Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, to hear Jesus. Jesus, as he's out and about teaching the kingdom of heaven, he is drawing people. He is drawing sinners to hear him. There's something about Jesus, his character, his message of good news, the hope that he offered sinners, that he drew people. Jesus was a friend towards them. And Jesus continues to draw people towards himself today. He continues to be a friend towards us. He draws us in to his very heart. There are many people who live in this world who are seen to to be worse than everybody else, to seem to be sinners or low in society, to be looked down upon, to be ignored, or Akdam people in Yemen, worse, lower than the dogs. 
there's no one beyond the reach of Jesus. There's no one that Jesus cannot draw because Jesus draws sinners. We see that in Luke 19, Luke 15, and other places in Scripture. Sinners are drawn towards Jesus. Jesus is a friend towards us because he draws sinners, but also because he dines with sinners. He dines with sinners, or maybe more simply, he just spends time with sinners. And Jesus is a friend because he wants to spend time with sinners. We all want to spend time with our friends, and it hurts when we can't. Jesus wants to spend time with sinners like us. In verse 5, Jesus looks up in the tree and sees a grown man. I'm sure it was a peculiar sight, although small, up a tree. And Jesus calls him down, doesn't he? He says, hey, you, come on down. No. What does he say? He says, Zacchaeus, a man Jesus never met. Jesus calls him down by name. And in verse 6, we need to see the sense of urgency and excitement almost in Zacchaeus as he comes down and receives Jesus joyfully. Whenever the people are watching this, people weren't letting Zacchaeus through to the front because he was small. He had to go climb a tree. People were ignoring him on the streets. And what does the response of everybody? Verse 7, they muttered or they grumbled. It's the attitude of the people in Jesus' day. Why is he eating with those people? It's not just on this occasion. In Matthew 11 and verse 19, Jesus is, is being, having a discussion and people are saying that John the Baptist is too tight. People are saying Jesus is too loose. And Jesus mocks the people what they're saying about him. He says, these people are saying, the Son of Man came eating and drinking and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That is what people were saying about Jesus. They called Jesus a friend of sinners. What is meant as a slag is actually soothing to our hearts. That Jesus would be a friend towards us and want to spend time with us. Luke 7 records this scene. And after it, a Jesus dines with a Pharisee and a sinful woman comes in and pours perfume over Jesus' feet and is forgiven. In Luke 15, remember us where the Sinners were drawn to hear Jesus. What does Jesus do? The Pharisees and the scribes grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. In verse 7 in our chapter, Luke 19, they all grumble. He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Jesus dines with sinners. He spends time with sinners. He is a friend towards them. It is like the, the classic you know, American TV or movie dinner hall scene, isn't it? Where all the snobby girls are in one corner and all the nerds down in the bottom and they're like, what are you eating with those people for? You eat with us now. That's what the Pharisees are saying to Jesus. What are you eating with those sinners for? You're supposed to be eating with us. Dean Ortland comments on Matthew eleven nineteen. He says this, Though the crowds call him friend of sinners as an indictment, the label is one of unspeakable comfort for those who know themselves to be sinners. That Jesus is friend to sinners is only contemptible to those who feel themselves not to be in that category. Jesus, friend of sinners, is a name that should fill us with joy. Sinners cannot stay away from Jesus because he draws us into his heart. He offers us hope and a friendship. But others, well, they use the phrase to mock Jesus. Why? 
because they don't see themselves to be sinners. Therefore, Jesus is not their friend. They don't see themselves to be sinners and just keep Jesus as an acquaintance. Is that you? Do you see yourself as a sinner or not? See, the key is that Jesus welcomes sinners into his company, but we must see ourselves as sinners. Jesus will spend time with us, but we need to see ourselves as sinners. Or are we just like the people in Jesus' day who think they're above that, above Jesus? We don't really need Jesus all that much. We'll be involved in religion and church and stuff, but that's about it. Keep Jesus at arm's length. We all need to understand we are sinners. People grumble and snort. They don't bother a certain people in Jesus' day because... Well, they think that Jesus shouldn't be for those kind of people, that Jesus wouldn't be interested in them. But Jesus spends time with sinners. He is a friend towards sinners. And we need to concern ourselves with our own unworthiness to have Jesus as our friend. Whenever we feel or think that someone is unworthy of the gospel, we insult them and we insult Jesus. Jesus he dines with sinners. Sinners spend time with Jesus. Jesus obviously makes them feel welcome in his presence. They're obviously comfortable in Christ's presence because sinners understand who they are in relation to Jesus. They are sinners. Jesus is not. If you do not think yourself as a sinner, you will not uh, be interested in the same and the real Jesus that we read of in Luke 19. Jesus is a friend towards us because he spends time with sinners, but also because Jesus forgives repentant sinners. Zacchaeus has been drawn to Jesus and he has met with Jesus. And while Kevin DeYoung has this line, Jesus is a friend of sinners, but no friend of sin. And we see that really acted out here in these last couple of verses. In verse 8, we see repentance Zacchaeus clearly gives us a, an example of that, to turn back from his old sinful ways, to return what he stole and more. But what does he do first? What does he say to Jesus? Look, Lord. He confesses Jesus as Lord, showing us the reality of his trust that he has in Jesus. It is his faith, not his works, that make him a son of Abraham. God continues to call us from our idols, our lifetime of sin, our pride, and turn to Jesus. Zacchaeus has a new life as Jesus is now Lord of his life. Zacchaeus repented of his sin to turn around a 180, and we need to do the same. Not just merely confessing our sin and repeating that same sin over and over and over, but not by turn to truly repent and live a new life with Jesus. Repenting of our sexual immorality, repenting of our lifetime rejecting Jesus, repenting of the pride in our hearts as we look down on others and scoff, repenting and seeing that we indeed are sinners. Zacchaeus is not buying his salvation. He is clearly indicating to us a change of heart. No longer looking to cheat or steal money, but to bless people with it. As Christians, have you had a change of heart? Has your life been 
changed in following Jesus, not just the day you became a Christian, but that lifelong, continual repentance. Because how has your heart and life changed in the last year? Or are you just ignoring the sin of your life and neglecting our friend Jesus? See, Jesus is a friend towards us, but friendship is mutual. Friends share a mutual affection for one another, and we cannot expect to have a, a friendship with someone if we continually wrong them, can't we? If we don't ask for their forgiveness, we can't expect to have a friendship with someone if we don't even bother to talk with them or listen to them. See, Jesus, he, he loves the people. He loves the sinners. He teaches the sinners. He gives time to the sinners, and he looks for them. He seeks them out to draw them in. What do the friend, Jesus' friends, do? They love him in return. They listen to his teaching and they learn from Jesus, which means that they respond to Jesus and repent and bring action. They live a gospel-filled life, bearing much fruit. See, Jesus is a friend towards us. That friendship is mutual, but we need to repent of our sin. See, the love and comfort and life and experience that we all share with our, our closest friends, the times that they enjoy with us and laugh with us and cry with us and are pain with us, is Jesus' friendship with us. Jesus is a friend of sinners, a friend towards us. Some people might have a good opinion about you or, or me. Our friends might have that. But Jesus knows the real me and the real you of all our ugly sin, yet he is a friend who draws us to himself. He is our friend in the suffering and stumbling through life. Jesus isn't a friend who lets us in for a little while and then drops us at the drop of a hat whenever he sees something else. He loves us as his friend from his very heart. And we need to cultivate a friendship with Jesus. How do we cultivate that friendship? It's repentance. Repentance first. Sometimes a good friend or maybe a husband or wife would be able to finish a sentence for you or whenever you spin a yarn, they say, I knew you were going to say that. But Jesus really does. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He loves us as a friend more than any friend could do. Jesus really is a friend towards us and we need to cultivate our friendship. We really need to listen to Jesus and love him, read his word, remembering he speaks to us as a friend. Sometimes things are hard to hear, but he is a friend who forgives repentant sinners. We hear from him and we speak to him. We can pray to him. We thank Jesus for his friendship and his love. We confess and pour out our hearts to him. We share our burdens, challenges, and frustrations with him because he is our friend. He forgives repentant sinners, so let us repent and prove our love and obedience just like Zacchaeus. And when Zacchaeus repents, what does Jesus say to him? Verse 9, today salvation has come to this house. Jesus is a friend who gives new life a hope when we turn from sin and follow him as our friend. Jesus is a friend who draws us, who spends time with us, who forgives us of our sin. And then Jesus as our friend, well, he embraces us. Jesus embraces sinners. Jesus 
embraces his friends. Salvation comes to the house of Zacchaeus, and he is proclaimed to be a son of Abraham. So significant, a sinner, now a son of Abraham by faith. James uh, chapter 2 tells us that Abraham was a friend of God. Now Zacchaeus is a friend of God. Why? How? Because Jesus, the Son of Man, came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus comes to seek you, to be his friend. I remember in school, we were going down to rugby training after school, and the first years were out on the, the training pitch on their hands and their knees, uh, crawling, and uh, much to our amusement. But what had happened was a, a teacher had lost their, his wedding ring on the pitch somewhere, and 50 first-year boys crawling on their hands and their knees the whole way up and down the pitch, and sometimes we can go to great lengths to, to look for lost things, like a wedding ring, or maybe a dog we go chasing for, driving and walking, looking for it. And, and sometimes we put more effort into that than we do looking for lost people. We, Jesus, we can't say that of Jesus. Jesus came right down the longest journey to look for you. Jesus is our friend who knows that we are sinners and need to be forgiven. He knows that we are lost and need to be found, and he embraces us as his friend. In John 15, 15, Jesus calls his disciples friends, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus calls us friends because he has opened up his heart to us. We know everything that we need to know about Jesus. He opens up our heart to us, his heart to us so we might see him and love him and be in awe of him. He draws us right in to be his friend. See, in Jesus Christ, we are given a friend who will always enjoy rather than refuse our presence. Jesus has an embracing heart for us, his friends. He is a never-failing friend. Friends might betray us. Jesus knows exactly what that is like, not just with Judas, but with us. For how often do we hurt our friend Jesus? Jesus will not abandon or betray us. Jesus is our friend. He knows exactly what it's like to, to be alone. And he embraces us in, in our pain of loneliness. He embraces us in our pain of worry. Because of his friendship with us, Jesus is a friend who embraces us, who comforts us when we need comforted, who is utterly trustworthy, who is sympathetic and encouraging to us, who is loving and caring, a listener, kind and dependable. Jesus is a friend towards us. He knows all our weaknesses and worries, our oddities and our very heart. Jesus truly is a friend towards us sinners. But we need to avoid two extremes, don't we? One flippantly calling Jesus our mate, our buddy, and our pal, as if it's a, a jokey, insignificant relationship, which it's not. On the other hand, although Jesus is king, we should not so emphasize his authority over us that we neglect the fact that he is our friend. He is our companion. He journeys alongside with us. We enjoy his affection. He is the ruler over all things, but he is also our closest friend. Maybe a friend or a sibling has taken the blame for something for you to get you out of a little bit of bother, and they receive maybe a, a punishment to protect you. 
people. Jesus' love for his friends is shown for us at the cross, isn't it? Also in John 15, Jesus says that greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus treasures us so much that he put himself under God's wrath that his friends will not have to experience it. That is love. The cross is full of Christ's love towards us, his friends. Joseph Scriven was born outside Banbridge, and well, he fell in love and was engaged to be married, but his fiancée was uh, drowned in the River Bam before their wedding. And with a great pain, he left and moved on to Canada. And while living there, he became engaged again, but his fiancée became ill and, got, and died before they could get married. Then he received a letter that his mother was ill, and he couldn't afford to return to, to Ireland. And he wrote his mum a poem in the hope that it would comfort her, a poem to remind her that Jesus was a friend towards her. And you will know it. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Words written, a truth remembered to bring comfort. Jesus is our friend. Have you been tuning in online over these, what, weeks and months? I'm not quite sure why. Maybe you've been coming to church for ages. I'm really not quite sure why. Jesus has been drawing you into his heart. He calls the chaos by name, and he calls us his friends by name. Jesus comes looking for you. Jesus wants you to be his friend and repent and be embraced by our loving friend, Jesus. Jesus is our friend who draws us, loves us, forgives us and embraces us. Quite simply, Jesus says, sinners, you've got a friend in me. Thank you.